0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Scholar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on all of our newest episodes. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Picholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom show, Tyler and I are joined by a very special guest and it couldn't come at a better time. Dodgers second round pick in 2018 and right-handed pitcher Michael Grove will be joining us we'll discuss what life has been like coming up in the Dodgers organization his thoughts on the current lockout situation and so much more coming up on episode 240 of the TSK show right now Welcome to the Sports Kingdom. to the Sports Kingdom. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 240 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports. Galar. joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelki. What's up, TP? How are you, man?
1: i'm good man it's a good week of sports another one of those big big weekends
0: yes there's a lot going on in the sports world obviously we got
1: we got, we got some big ufc fights
0: yes i knew that was going to be on your mind we and then going to the lake show yes tyler and i will both be in attendance we're not going together uh unfortunately yeah but uh we we will both we're... be at the lakers clippers game tomorrow night it's a it's a clippers home game i think that
1: i'm really excited for this one because i think lebron is gonna go off i hope we get to see lebron you know that he we I think need he, to see angley lebron he, i think right now he thinks he like has to limp you know into the playoffs essentially so he's he's not gonna want to like risk missing
0: the playoffs yeah and i mean listen they are now on a three-game losing streak out of the all-star break and that's that's yeah. not what we were talking about no, no, needing no. to happen when uh, uh we last recorded just, last week. They
1: just got to get in the dance and I think LeBron's going to make sure they get there. So, I'm, I I'm, hope so. And then this weekend's fights are are a good one. Colby Covington and or a mass at all. Yes. Yes,
0: Pat McAfee had Dana White on the show this week and This is a big one. Pat asked Dana if he was going to put the BMF title up and Dana was like, "Oh, maybe maybe I will." And I don't think it's actually going to happen, but I mean it should be up for for this fight
1: yeah it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting these guys have if you don't know these these guys have like a history of beef they're they're old roommates they were good they were consider each other like best friends at one point in time uh they came from the same camp so and now they're mortal you know then now they're enemies so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one i just hope the beef is real i think it is but i don't think they're selling anything I mean colby's always selling something but i like to to imagine it it being like they actually hate each
0: other it's it seems real
1: i don't want to see respect after the fight's
0: over you know i think you are going to see respect after the fight's over one way or another
1: then it's not then it's not real you know (laughs) well let's
0: see let's see how the fight goes
1: Yep, it's it's going to be a good one or a masvidal has got to knock him out in the first couple rounds that's what I'm. It's got to happen. If it goes past three rounds, Colby's gonna win.
0: The weigh-in. I mean, we're we're recording on Wednesday night. The weigh-in's got to be what uh Friday, I think. If the, yep. if the fight Saturday. Yep. So I mean, if we see some fireworks on Friday, we'll uh, we'll know what goes down. I hope so.
1: Nate said that Nate. Nate thinks the beef isn't real because it ha- it would have happened already. It would have happened outside the cage. Oh. He's like they wouldn't have handled it in the cage. Like that's a money move.
0: That's a good point
1: so we'll see nate diaz is a smart man he is He know that's a guy that knows how to sell a fight
0: yes so all right we uh we got a very special episode tonight one it's episode 240 so that anytime it's always like an even number that always feels like a milestone episode and two the lockout going on with major league baseball is obviously it should be one of the biggest stories in sports yeah
1: it's honestly gone under
0: the radar yeah and that i think is just a testament to where baseball is at as a whole and we have the pleasure and privilege of talking to a current baseball player tonight on the episode so yeah super stoked yeah we we have a very exciting episode tonight and i believe he's about to join us right now tyler so let's let's get him on the line here we go. Clayton Kershaw pitches a
1: no-hitter, a career-high 15 strikeouts. He's a new all-time hip king in Major League history. Number two, five, eight, my, oh,
0: my. Line to left field, moment after moment, memory after memory. The Dodgers have done it again. High fly ball into right. Muncy hits this ball a deep right field. Forget about it. Muncy with a splash hit. Veritek and A-Rod going at it.
1: Swing and a drive. Absolute
0: madness. It's going to take forever to get this thing straightened out. And strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Joining us right now on the Sports Kingdom show Former West Virginia Mountaineer and current right-handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was a second round pick in twenty eighteen. Michael Grove. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. How are you, man?
2: Pretty good, guys. Uh thanks for having me on. Excited.
0: Yeah, we we appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, uh kind of a, a frustrating time, uh, like you were saying a, a minute ago before we got started. Um, but you have some downtime and obviously what better uh time to come on the show than right now?
2: yeah for sure there's a lot going on uh baseball's you know a lot of the headlines right now uh but like you said yeah just frustrated um you know kind of just in limbo right now so taking it a day at a time and we'll see what happens going forward yeah so
0: obviously major league baseball is going through the owner imposed lockout right now yesterday there was um I, bu- I guess the final round of negotiations uh for the time being right now i think it's kind of going day to day I would say um, as far as negotiations go but yesterday Major League Baseball says they made their final offer and the Players Association rejected it and therefore uh, the first two series of the regular season have been canceled Um, that means the Dodgers first seven games four against the Rockies three against the Diamondbacks in a seven game homestand they have been canceled what what are kind of your current thoughts right now um with the the lockout situation as as a player having to go through it
2: yeah uh for me it's it's a little weird just uh it's my first year on the roster uh so you know of course this happens but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just it's really hard to kind of explain and, and to understand the dynamic um basically you know they say it's their best offer it's the last offer they set a february 28th deadline um all that's really PR more than anything else. Uh, we we know that the owners have a date in mind that is the best uh, for their pocketbooks as to when they need the season to start. And so really just the missed games is just leverage. Uh, and they're trying to get us to crack and us to get restless. And uh, it's not gonna happen, um, but, so it's it's weird we don't know what that date is they have one though and when that date gets close that's when a deal is going to come because you know it's all about money
0: yeah i mean for for i mean for listeners that that don't know i mean essentially the owners and correct me if i'm wrong michael the owners essentially waited 43 days to start negotiating yeah
2: yeah that's right um so lockouts opposed immediately at the conclusion of the last CBA. So December 1st, uh, they lock us out and then zero contact for 43 days. Um, the first, I mean, in January when we did talk, it was like once every every week for 15 minutes or whatever. So, you know, they, they have a timetable and, uh, and like I said, we don't know what it is. But when we get close to their deadline, then that's when a deal's gonna happen, I think
0: now you you mentioned you don't think that the the players are gonna break anytime soon. Are you worried about any sort of future dissension in the ranks? the longer this kind of goes as as more games potentially get canceled and and more money unfortunately starts to get lost? Yeah.
2: um I mean, it's yeah it, you have to be a little bit concerned about it um you know i've never been through this before so uh i can't really speak from experience but it, i mean when when it's your job and you know it's kind of in limbo like i said a little bit ago um it, yeah it's a little stressful but you also have to you know think about the future of the game and that's what really where we're at is the union is that you know at some point we have to you know, kind of draw a line in the sand and stop getting pushed back on, on these CBAs and, uh, and do what's right for, for the future. So, you know, unfortunately that has to be now, but it has to happen.
0: Yeah. I I think one thing that I got to give the the players association credit for is I think they're one of the, probably the stronger player associations, I think in sports.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's been like that for a long time and definitely have a lot of pride about that uh within our organization
1: it's tough to draw the line in the sand i mean you're going up you know again it takes a lot of courage from
0: from all you guys well and and you see guys like mike trout today speaking out and it's like you got you got the greatest player in baseball right now speaking out about how unfair this situation is and i mean realistically his pocketbooks might not really be affected that much but guys like you michael the, this is really going to affect you more so than, than it would Mike Trout, but he's speaking out. And I think that that says a lot about the, the situation
2: and where the players are at. Definitely. And, um, and that's been great. Just the, the guys using their voice um, especially guys like Mike that have the, the platform that he does. Um, but I, there's, there's a lot of unity within our union right now. Um, we're all sticking together and you know, all the things that the owners did this whole, uh, off season, it's just kind of reinforce that because we don't think that they're negotiating in good faith, and we don't think that they have the game's best interest at in mind, and so that just makes us, you know, almost dig our heels in even more.
0: What What did you think when you saw Rob Manfred yesterday, basically laughing at the at the press conference?
2: Yeah, I saw I saw that going around social media, and I honestly, even till now, I don't know exactly what the context was of that. Um, but I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in our game that, that thinks that, you know, he's really done much positive so far. Um, but just, I mean, at a time when we just came out of COVID, uh, I mean, we, you know, the CBA is ending at the end of the year and just the lack of communication and kind of the, just the strategic delays that they, they've used the entire uh the entire 2021 season and then obviously all of this off season, to try to really you know corner us into a deadline it's just you know it's the same thing that they've been doing for for years so we're, we're trying to trying to resist it this time
0: what do you think is one thing that fans should know about what's going on that that you don't think is being said in the media or maybe not being portrayed right by the media
2: yeah, well I think it gets characterized a lot as a fight between millionaires and billionaires which is fair. Um but I think people see Mike Trout's contract and Max Scherzer's contract and they think that that's uh, kind of uniform across baseball. And, uh I think the stat's something like 66 or 67% of baseball uh, of players are on rookie contracts and they make the minimum. Um, so you know, this is really not about those guys that have the 300 million dollar contracts which are, you know, or you know few and far between um it's more about the 66 percent that are on rookie deals or guys that are you know in arbitration or even like guys like me with no service time yet um just trying to make the system better for for those players and try to get them paid earlier um because the lifespan of uh, mlb players on average is less than three years so when the majority of guys are not even making it to arbitration it's like you know you get league minimum for two three years and then yeah, that's pretty much it for you so we're, we're fighting really uniformly for everybody in the uh in the union not just for the guys that are making you know 30 million to make 35 if that makes sense
0: yeah no totally i think i think one thing that you mentioned the the whole millionaires versus billionaires is always the classic line but this is realistically just employees versus employers and right employees wanting to get paid fairly and, and taken care of yeah. uh, fairly and compensated fairly basically
2: yeah. yeah and um and like i said a second ago um we've we've had two straight at least cbas of where the revenues uh in baseball have gone way up and contracts are sorry and player pay has gone down on average and we're just looking at them and you know you got these these teams that are going up I mean I think the the teams have increased like 50 billion or something like that in total uh net worth or something like that and somehow in that time period player contracts um, have either gone down or you know really not risen to the same level and so we're just looking at that and saying you know we need to we, we need to get, stop this from skewing so far one way and we're not asking for you know 50 50 split but we're asking for we, we can't let it go further than it is now so let's let's talk
0: about a a little bit about your situation with the dodgers currently um you got protected from the rule five draft and i mean that that obviously happened before the lockout but that obviously had to be a pretty good feeling for you no?
2: yeah definitely and um you know i had a a roller coaster year i went through it a little bit but um at the end of the season i'd figured it out and and everything was really good. So it was kind of for me I, up in the air. I didn't know if I was going to get protected or not, but um, definitely a relief um, that, that they did. And, you know, more of a compliment than anything else, just, uh, you know, what they thought of me. So, so yeah, definitely excited to, to get protected and kind of get that weight off my, my shoulders.
0: Totally. Now, you're in Florida currently. Is there like a, a contingent of, of Dodgers players that are in Florida? Or are they mainly in arizona are you gonna come to the west coast or
2: uh i'm kind of playing it by ear i um i don't know how long this is gonna this lockout will extend but there's no dodgers players where i where i'm training right now but there's a lot of major league guys that'll be around probably 10 15 a lot of tampa bay guys and um, yeah and phillies guys
0: now so the the players association they they have like something set up for you guys now that the the lockout's going on i'm pretty sure i read that somewhere that they're going to set something up
2: Yeah, so they're setting up a fully staffed uh, training facility in Arizona, and I know they've been talking about doing the same thing in Florida as well. Uh, That hasn't happened yet, but I know they already have one up and running in Arizona just for anybody who wants to go out and, you know, get live ABs or live hitting or whatever they want to do.
0: And so because you're on the 40-man roster, that means you can't, like, play minor league baseball because obviously the, the minor leagues aren't affected by this lockout technically, right?
2: Right, but I, I still can't play minor leagues. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Now, I I saw Bryce Harper post about having a, an Asian team hit him up about possibly doing something while the lockout is going on. Has that crossed your mind or any other players that you might be in contact with? Has that crossed people's minds uh, about this? Uh, yeah,
2: I, I don't – nobody that I've talked to. Um, I think that it's a little bit too close to – I don't want to say close to a deal, but I th- I just think that there's too much uncertainty right now about. Yeah. I mean, this could resolve in a week theoretically. So, I don't think anybody's really making a ton of moves that way, but I mean if if something crazy happens then you could see people uh start to look into that that kind of opportunity. All right.
0: So, you you grew up in West Virginia and you attended West Virginia University. Was that always the dream for you to be a Mountaineer and play baseball for the Mountaineers?
2: Uh, honestly, uh, no, I, I didn't even know I was going to play baseball until probably my junior year. Um, I grew a bunch and started throwing really hard, so that made it easier, but, uh, I, I didn't get recruited a ton. I kind of pick and chose different places to go to showcases. So I started out and, uh, went to like a showcase at Richmond and got an offer. And I was, so I basically like started at these smaller schools and kind of trying to see how good I was and would go to a showcase at a bigger school and then a bigger school and eventually got an offer from wvu and um my sister and a lot of my friends went there at the time plus you know big 12 baseball is what it is and uh i really like the direction the program was going so i jumped on it
0: and then you you ended up uh actually getting hurt in college right and then having having to have tommy john surgery what, what was that like
2: yeah tommy john that was halfway through my sophomore year uh so i missed my the back half my sophomore year my junior year which was you know really frustrating because that would have been my draft year um but you know just just having to watch watch all the games in college and you desperately want to play and and contribute that was that was really tough
0: do you do you still feel any effects from from it even though like you're a few years removed from it now
2: uh nothing physical no It, it it takes a little bit um just for feel to come back i mean i missed full two or two full seasons essentially so it just took a little while to to get my rhythm back and my pitches and and all that but physically i feel great you got any
0: uh crazy stories from morgantown
2: oh <laughs> man i don't i don't know if i can tell any of them. <laughs> I just,
0: i'm a big i'm a big pat mcafee fan i, I i'm i follow oh, his too. show so it i just know he's got some <laughs> some wild stories so i thought i thought maybe i could get you
2: <laughs> I think he's more at liberty to, to talk about it <laughs> than I am.
0: <laughs> no, but he, no, he's he's a great 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 uh I guess sports caster now. But uh, I, you can't even the game. Yeah, you can't even uh, yeah. box him into sports though. He he does everything. Yeah, he's hilarious. I love that guy. Um uh, what's it what's it been like uh the last couple of years since uh since you've been drafted uh coming up in the Dodgers organization? Uh, what was, what was that draft day phone call? Like every, every, like every young kid who aspires to be a professional athlete always pictures that draft day phone call. What, what was that like?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, my draft day was crazy. I, cause like I said, I didn't play my junior year. So, um, so I was kind of like a, you know, maybe I get drafted and if I do, it's gonna be the first day. And then if I don't get drafted, it's like, okay, I'm coming back to school. And there were maybe like four teams that even thought about picking me. So. Uh, I'm just having dinner with my mom. trying not to, uh, try not to think about it. First round goes by. I end up driving back to Morgantown that night because I had a workout in the morning and I walk in to my apartment. Uh, I turn on MLB network and the draft's kind of going on there and they're going to a commercial break. And I saw my name like on a ticker at the bottom of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> so
0: and Dang. so and
2: then it go then it cut straight to commercial and so I call my agent I call my dad I'm like uh did I get just get drafted and they're like uh yeah it looks like you did so I didn't <laughs> I didn't even get a phone call uh oh, we, man. we hadn't talked to yeah we hadn't talked to the Dodgers since probably I got I think the draft was on a Sunday and it was I think we talked to him on Thursday or Friday but I didn't talk to him the whole day I was just trying to stay away from it and then yeah so I turned my tv on in my apartment in Morgantown <laughs> and, and I just see my name on the screen that's how I found out
0: what a wild scenario man so have has there been any sort of interaction with any of the big leaguers yet or throughout your time in the organization so far
2: yeah um some of the younger guys uh were in the minor leagues when i first got drafted so i know some of those guys pretty well but um i i I was in the major league spring training last year as well so i got to got to meet and and kind of pick the brains of some other guys uh obviously guys like Kershaw it's like you walk around and you kind of like keep your head down but uh he but no he's actually, he's a really nice guy I would just talk about golf or whatever um but yeah a lot of those guys got to know a little bit
0: yeah I've I actually when I was in college and uh now technically I work for their sister station but uh I interned for the the Dodgers radio partner so I've gotten to to be at a couple of events and I mean I've every time I'm around some of the guys they've just always been nothing but but nice guys and and all of that so it's 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 really cool that that they're just as nice with the players as they are the fans and and all of that um what what were some of your thoughts as um the minor leagues was kind of going through a period of limbo during the pandemic when there wasn't a season was that one of the seasons that you technically missed that you mentioned because of the injury or did you miss full two seasons in in college as well
2: um i missed. 2017, the second half, and then I missed all of 2018, including after I got drafted with the Dodgers. So 2019 was my first year, um, and then 2020 with COVID, um, obviously the minor league season got canceled. I got to go out to the alternate site that they did. Um, so I was part of like that 60-man taxi squad. Oh, nice. In 2020. Uh, so I got, you know, a, a decent amount of, of training in that year. Just you know, it gets a little bit Groundhog Day to to pitch to the same you know 10 hitters for the entire summer um but you know it was it was better than a lot of guys had so I I can't complain too much about that that COVID season
0: yeah any any cool stories from from the road I know minor league travel isn't as glamorous as as the big leagues but I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's some pretty fun stories that that you
2: have with the guys on the road Oh man. Yeah. We have, (laughs) we we have a ton of good stories again. It's like, what can I tell you? But um, so like last year, last year, we were just on a big poker kick. Uh, So we, we just find any, anywhere we could to play poker. You know, we, we, I think we sang karaoke on one of the buses uh, for six and a half hours on the way from Amarillo back to Tulsa. It was insane. (laughs) The coaches hated us, but, (laughs) but a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, those minor league seasons are a grind. So it's, you always get tight with the guys and 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 grind it out together. A lot of good stories.
0: Did you did you have to or did you get to experience any any guys coming down from the big league team to do like a rehab assignment or anything like that? Were were the games any different or anything like that?
2: Oh, in um in 2019 when I was in Rancho Cucamonga, were which was high A at the time, um, and 45 minutes from LA or so, there'd yeah. be a lot of guys coming through there. Not so much in Tulsa. I can't. I don't know if we had any. But, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool, though, because there's all kinds of Dodgers fans. I'm talking about Rancho. Um, you'd have, you know, a thousand fans there before the game started, and these guys would have to go over and, and sign stuff for 30 yeah, it, minutes. It's not far from uh, L.A. at all. Right. And, you know, the guys were great about it. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, A.J. Pollock was down there. Uh, man. I think, C- yeah, Seager was down there. Uh, Muncie might have been there, but yeah just really cool cool environment when they when they're there you know got a lot of fans coming out for them
0: kind of kind of going back to the lockout uh i guess and not 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 essentially the lockout but major league baseball as a as a whole and i think one of the things that a lot of fans talk about is the game's image and and marketing and and all of that what do you what do you think um major league baseball can do to to kind of market the better market the players better or do you think that's kind of up to the players themselves to to market themselves
2: um i i think it's both because uh, i think that is the answer is you need to market your superstars better because uh, the nba does a great job of it right like you know yeah. people almost follow the superstars more than they follow a team and uh but players in the mlb are, are not as proactive i don't think on social media and, th- and those types of platforms like a guy like trevor bauer uh even though he's going through some stuff right now, has a huge social media following, and he's done an unbelievable job um, marketing himself. And you know, he obviously has a really big brand. But a guy like Mike Trout, uh, who might be the best player ever, it's like he just not isn't that active on social media. So uh, I, I think that the league needs to do a better job of really capitalizing on the uh, on the superstars. But players, if they choose to, can also uh, do it for themselves
0: yeah i mean mike trout put out a statement today on facebook if, if that tells you anything about who mike trout is that's
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's about as low-key as it gets
0: yeah i mean he he could walk probably almost anywhere in in la and southern california and probably not get recognized it's it's pretty wild
2: <laughs> which is crazy yeah
0: yeah um any any thoughts on spider tack i don't i don't know if you're um i don't know what your uh ritual is as far as that goes i know yeah. It was a hot topic uh, last season, obviously, with the the majors cracking down on it. Were they doing checks in the minor leagues as well, like they were doing in the majors?
2: Yeah, yeah they were doing it the same way. It was, for me, it would be after the first inning and then after the fourth inning, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's like, it's probably good for the game. I just don't think that when they did it was appropriate. It's like, you know, you're right in the middle of the season and you're going to make guys switch stuff up. And I know Tyler Glass now. um partly attributed his injury to it yeah but um yeah it was just bad timing for me and and, st- and part of the problem is that instead of like addressing the reason why people are using uh sticky substances league just bans them and has no alternative and the reason is that these these balls when you first get them they're they're, they're almost like chalky they're just slick and so the, the reason people first started using uh, the, the substances was just to get a grip on the ball. And that spider tack was probably taking it too far. I don't know if you guys have ever grabbed that.
0: I, I mean, I've seen the videos of demonstrations. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild.
2: Yeah. And it, and it's insane. And some guys abuse it way more than others, but, um, just, I, yeah, I thought that in the middle of the season to change that with having zero alternative was a little bit unfair.
0: Yeah. Cause I think also not only were pitchers like some pitchers were obviously trying to do it to to get an advantage but also pitchers were trying to do it to also protect batters because mm. they're throwing so hard and sometimes they can get wild
2: yeah that's that, that that's originally why people started using anything is to get a better grip on the ball Um and a lot of it had to do with like climates where if you play in florida and it's super humid like the ball can feel different than when you're playing in la and it's and it's dry that's just an example but um it's just to get a consistent feel on the the ball and these balls are just a little bit slick so to me it's like either create a like pre-rub the balls with something that has just a little bit more tack or you know have one item that is that is legal and universal that you put on the mound next to the rosin if you wanted to um to me i think that would make sense but no, they don't ask me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I think I think a good analogy would be, and we mentioned Pat McAfee earlier, but it's like Pat McAfee talks about how there's a certain set of footballs to where the kickers only use that set of footballs and the equipment managers have a certain time before the game to kind of, like, break those balls in and kind of rub them up. So, I mean, I, he's, he's mentioned some stories of putting yeah. them in dryers, things like that, to kind of get the ball more of, like, more comfortable for the kicker and the punter to to get a better kick out of it so i think that that would be something like a good analogy i think for for what pitchers are trying to do with trying to use substances on balls not necessarily spider tack i think that i think that was probably taking it a bit too far but like i've heard players use sunscreen rosin type other types of substances that that aren't as egregious i think as spider tack
2: yeah definitely there were a million things that people were using but um, like you said, it's just, and and they do, they rub the balls with like mud before the game. But I mean, if you got a brand new ball, it's just, it's something about it, It's just a little bit chalky. And, uh, like you said, just, just find something that is consistent and, you know, you rub the ball up before the game with it and everybody's good to go and everybody's got the same ball. Uh, I mean, I think that makes sense. It was just, it's just so weird to make such a big change with having zero kind of alternative to it or balance to it I guess
0: totally now with with the lockout going on what's one thing you're kind of focusing on right now as far as training to to kind of get yourself ready for whenever this season starts because you're you're gonna have a chance to make the big lead team this year whenever spring training starts right
2: right yeah yeah so uh for me, honestly, it's just, this is time that I can work on, on delivery and on, uh, just different pitches and things I'm trying because I get two bullpens a week and there's no, there's no start I have to make. So, um, it's going to be a little bit difficult just knowing when to build up and get ready to throw three innings or whatever it is. Um, but for now, I mean, just play with different things and, and see if you can, you know, get something that's more effective. And we have, uh a great place to train down here and a lot of great guys so I, I throw with a lot of big leaguers and you can pick their brain and get you know some feedback on stuff so it's a good environment to kind of grow and and develop new things while you know we have this downtime
0: are you kind of kind of more routine based and superstitious and ritualistic is this kind of lockout situation kind of messing with your your like preseason rituals and, and flow kind of kind of getting ready for the season
2: yeah. I'm a, I, I'm a big routine guy. Um, I think more so from like start to start. So I, I think it's better that it's happening before the season than something, you know, happening in the middle of the season. Uh, cause I, basically I'm just trying to stay like two weeks away from being ready to pitch, if that makes sense. So I'm trying to stay in a certain zone. I'm not going to overdo it, but I'm going to be ramped up enough to where they say, Hey, um, we're going to get a deal done you know, you guys are gonna be out there in a week, then that week I can pick it up. And the next week I I'm ready to go. Uh, cause you don't want to burn it all out right now, expecting a deal to be done. And then it takes a month and a half or two months. Um, so it's again, it's like, I've never been through this, so I'm kind of learning on the fly, but that's my, that's what I'm trying to do is just kind of stay in that lane, you know, close, but not really like all, all, uh, all on it.
0: Yeah, no, to- totally. I mean, I never obviously got to the level you got but i mean playing high school sports i mean i was a basketball player in high school and it's just like you kind of have this routine to to kind of get yourself into it and when that gets messed up it's it's kind of frustrating and so it's it's definitely on a larger scale with what, what you guys are going through but i think it is good that the the players association is conscious enough to understand that we need to stay ready and is setting up these camps in in florida and arizona uh, and making sure that guys stay ready because at the end of the day this is your guys's livelihood
2: yeah for sure it's it's definitely a good tool to have and um i mean if another month goes by and we don't have a deal then maybe i come out and and start participating in that because it i mean at some point it's not about you know holding it back anymore at some point it's about i mean i'm i'm gonna have to get better here and i need to compete and i need to to start getting innings in so it's just you know again just playing it by ear and and hoping for the best
0: so has there been has there been talks about setting up like outside like pickup games or is it all just mainly going to be in that sanctioned like pa uh mlb pa stuff uh like setup
2: i've heard people suggest that i don't think that that's in the plans right now um because even down here we we have enough guys that we can set up our own uh, just live setting for you know i i want to pitch to four batters we got four batters that i can throw to right um so guys are doing that all over the country but i think that the stuff in arizona and then maybe they're going to bring down to florida is a little bit more organized than that and maybe they're going to play some sort of inter-squad games
0: interesting i mean I'm, I'm just trying to think from a a fan's perspective of wanting to to see guys play setting up these probably like live streams and you brought up trevor bauer and i know he he brings it up uh on his social media of just trying to get fan interaction because i think one thing fans are are talking about is the fact that they're fed up with the game and if if baseball loses fans I, i i don't know what can can bring them back aside from trying to keep them engaged keeping them engaged while this is this is all going on
2: yeah, I, I think that I don't know exactly what the rules are on all that, um, but I think that if we could live stream some, you know, at bats, I mean, people would love to see, you know, DeGrom getting lives in with Juan Soto or whoever, you know, and I also think that as players, if we're allowed to do something like that, that it'd be an easy way to kind of ingratiate ourselves with the fans just for them to see us when we're loose and just having fun and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that's a good idea, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's. A, I think. I think it's a much more intimate setting with it not uh, being a, an officially like sanctioned game. And I mean, I think what uh, ESPN does during the All Star game, where where they mic players up, and they've kind of started to do it during the the regular season. I think. I think they need to start doing it more. I think. I think it's a great way to incorporate um, the players and marketing them better to to get back to that conversation a little bit.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that, all, yeah, I think all those things are great for the game and, um, and just getting to know the players a little bit more because, you know, you don't, you don't see a ton of emotion out of them on the field other than the bat flips and that kind of stuff. But uh, just, I, I just think in a setting like a, like in Arizona right now, it would be interesting to just hear kind of the chatter between the guys and just, you know, friendly uh, banter and all that kind of stuff. Totally. would be fun.
0: Totally. Well, all right, Michael, we, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, we know it's late, obviously, on the East Coast. So uh, thank you uh, so much for coming on. Um, why don't you let the, the listeners know where they can follow you on on social media so they can uh, keep up with you during this lockout. And then whenever the season uh, starts, they can they can keep up with you throughout the season.
2: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me on first um but instagram and twitter both m grove underscore two uh give me a follow and keep up with the off season and and hopefully the end of the lockout coming up soon yes
1: hey good luck man thanks for coming on it's you've been through a lot already um i feel like you're set you're battle tested you're ready to go
2: that's right yeah i appreciate it um yeah
1: man i'm i'm excited for you it's gonna be good yeah,
2: hopefully it's all uh clear skies going forward yep
0: yes well, thank you, Michael, so much uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Like you said, hopefully this lockout will end soon, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you in Dodger Blue soon because everybody here in L.A. is is all about the Dodgers. I'm, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan, so when Woody so, told us that uh, his buddy was in the Dodgers organization, we were like, sign us up. Let's <laughs> do it. So, <laughs> That's our squad. Yes. Uh, we, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much
2: yeah thank you guys it was great
0: all right with that that wraps up episode 240 of the tsk show for tyler picholke i'm eric the duke of sports scholar be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iheart radio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram follow us at the duke of sports and at tyler picholke we appreciate you all so much for listening stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.